like eating food. Mm -hmm. You want to have that particular that flavor yeah. in your mouth again. You want to have that particular story run through your head again. Because mm -hmm. just, it just tastes so good. Theater Simple and the King County Library System in Washington State present Bookbench, The Library Project, a series of conversations about books, poems, stories, and reading. The Library Project aims to capture a not-so-small snapshot of people who use libraries, the myriad reasons they come, and their thoughts about books, reading, and perhaps what they are excited about reading now. Bookbench is an interactive art installation bringing the experience of Theatre Simple's Park Bench, artful conversations with everyday passers-by, indoors to different regions of the King County Library System. These recorded interviews are resulting in a series of podcasts that can be heard around the world. For Bookbench, we redesigned our big ol' rolling outdoor set to be an indoor installation. We start with a few questions along the lines of, Do you remember who taught you to read? Do you like to read? Why or why not? What is your oldest, clearest, or strongest memory of a library? And why do you think you remember it? What's your favorite story or poem? Have you ever had a book surprise or even change you? What do you want people to consider when it comes to books or stories in general? And we go from there. This book bench was taped at the Covington Library. Recently renovated, the flagship of the King County Library System is a warm, open, and very inviting space to browse, study, read, and talk to us. The acoustics are great, the architecture is fabulous, taking advantage of every single iota of light available. The librarians here got right into Bookbench, asking patrons for written comments on books that have changed their lives, and if you've downloaded this podcast via iTunes, these notes are included in the podcast notes. We set Bookbench up in the heart of the library and had some fabulous conversations with patrons. Readings today come from Lewis Carroll and Edgar Allan Poe. So Jane, tell me about your library. Well, our library is the flagship of the King County Library System now. Uh, it's designed uh, with a new idea. They're going to have a performance area, and you're in it right now, performing. Oh, wow. I didn't even know. We just gravitated naturally to it. What, yeah. what, what draws you in? What brings you to the library? I'm pretty much using it as a great resource for school and also to help me with my poetry. I'm a poet, so... Um, you know, it pretty much helps me along with my schoolwork and my outside kind of like creative writing work. I mean to tell you, just being here, I mean, getting the interlibrary loans from all over the country, the videos, the music, I'm like, music? I can get CDs here? Mm -hmm. I can take them home? And listen? Yeah. <laughs> and, and videos? Oh my God, that is so cool. What, what, what uses do you find here? Um. I actually use the meeting rooms periodically in the fall as I interview students for their application to MIT. Um, come here often with my teenage son who loves to check out CDs. I like the selection of stuff there is, like the um, how you can go like get the like untrue books and like just walk a few steps, get the world record books. The untrue books. <laughs> That'd be the fiction. 
So when you come to the library, how often do you come to the library? Um, a lot. Yeah. Now that I have to like work on projects and stuff. What'd you do tonight? We were working on a project about um, a script and a, a play that we have to do for school. Are you making this play up by yourself? Yeah. Just all made up. Did I see you guys dancing in the room back Yeah. Then? Was, that like, was that for the play? Yeah. We are doing bows and stuff. Awesome. What's the play about? It's about, um, like, that if you can be pretty on the outside, but if you're ugly on the inside, then nothing matters. The chicken, he also has powers, mm -hmm. tells um, the townspeople that she turns the youngest daughter beautiful outside to match the beauty she holds inside, and then turns the oldest daughter ugly outside since she has a selfish, terrible heart. And the lesson of the story is that no matter how beautiful you may be, it is worth nothing if you have a bad heart. And it is what is on the inside of your heart that matters most. Then you wrote this? Yeah. What do you like about the library, and perhaps this library in particular? I think it's easier to focus on things because it's like a lot quieter and you don't have like TV distraction and like friends distraction unless they're here working with you then it's kind of distracting but I think it's easier because you have like resources at the tip of your fingers to use for school so that's great so do you a lot do you do a lot of studying here yeah what's your, what's your favorite thing about this lovely library well first and foremost it's close to our house mm-hmm Secondly, it's a beautiful building. Yeah, yeah, it really is. And um, but the, yeah, it's it's just cool. It's a cool building, and I like the way it's arranged. If I want to be over here, I can see them over there. But but really, it's pretty user friendly. The best thing is like um, you can find like books like any um like if fiction, nonfiction, like like how big you need it, the right like amount of words, like right. Like just right for you. And what's your favorite thing about a library? Um, because it has things that you can eat. Very important. Libraries have candy. When my uh, sister and her husband, who are both librarians in California, came to visit, they were really amazed at the how much libraries are used actually in King County because they're there as librarians in Southern California, and we're really jealous of all of the people coming into the libraries up here when at their libraries they're. You know, not as appreciated. So talk to me about your relationship with books. Uh, it's a love affair that started a long time ago. Uh, one of the things that the shrinks always say is that when you're very young and you're, you know, stay-at-home mother, you normally attempt to get into your parents' world. Mm -hmm. And my mother was a reader. I mean, she always had a book in her hand. And so I read from a very young age. How old were you when you learned how to read? Well, this, I, I guess I'll admit this might be encouraging to people. Probably seventh grade. Since you came to reading so late, <laughs> is there anything you regret about not being a reader when you were younger? I think it focuses me in on the uh, very importance of a book. It's not that I didn't have books, or I didn't. Mm -hmm. I just didn't have the fluency. It really focused me in on how important it was to master the code and to read. The, the secret. You know, I remember there was a children's section, and it was in the downstairs of the library, 
and I remember saying, can I go upstairs? And they're like, you can go anywhere you want in the library. Um, you know, I lived a bike ride away from the library when I was growing up, and so for me, it was kind of, part of it was freedom. It was freedom to go explore and to find new ideas, and so I would ride my bike to the library, um, sometimes two or three times in a week during the summer, and come home with a backpack full of books and, you know, read probably more than I should, you know, late into the night, and, you know, exploring you know, new things and finding out about things that I couldn't experience personally, but I could, I could read about them. I lived in a rural area, mm -hmm. and... Did you have a library close by? I did not have a library close by, okay. so it was... I was always hungry for books, which means I, I, I read anything that was in the house. So there was Shakespeare in the house. I didn't understand Shakespeare, but I still read it. You know, there was encyclopedias in the house. I read the encyclopedias. Because I'm finishing my book right now. Mm -hmm. What are you writing I'm, about? I'm writing an encyclopedia, and it's going to be the Encyclopedia of Hidden Knowledge. <gasps> Fabulous! And I'm already at 1,500 pages. It's an encyclopedia. It's supposed to have a lot of pages. I know. But just, just think, you have a wiki in your head. What is it about reading out loud that's interesting? Um, like sometimes it expresses more and stuff instead of just reading in your head. And you can say it to other people. Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wave. All mimsy were the boragroves and the momraths outgrabe. Beware the jabberwock, my son, the jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware the jub-jub bird and shun the frumious bandersnatch. I like reading to my little brother, but he doesn't really listen. And my sister doesn't really listen because she's too busy with herself. I have to have a listener, so my mom and dad either listen. My mom or my auntie or my dad either listen. Oh, that's really nice. He took his vorpal sword in hand. Long time the mangsome foe he sought. So rested he by the tum tum tree and stood a while in thought. And as in uffish thought he stood, the jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffling through the togi wood and burbled as it came. Who are some of your favorite poets or people who have had an influence on you? My favorite poet would have to be Edgar Allan Poe. During the whole of a dull, dark, and soundless day, in the autumn of the year, when clouds hung low in the heavens, I had been passing on horseback through dreary country and found myself, as shades of evening drew, within view of the melancholy House of Usher. I like the fact that like, when you read, you can like make up the pictures of the characters in your head and you're able to come up with like whatever you want because they don't tell you every single detail, whereas in a movie, they show things and you'll see it and you're like, oh. But if you read a book, you can make it up in your head and think about how it should be to you. One, two, one, two, and through and through, the vorpal blade went snicker-snack. He left it dead, and with its head, he went galumphing back. And hast thou slain the jabberwock? Come to my arms, my beamish boy. 
Oh, Fred, just stay, Jay, Kalu, Calais. He chortled in his joy. With an utter depression of soul, I looked upon the house, the bleak walls, the vacant eye-like windows, a few white trunks of decayed trees. There was an iciness, a sinking, a sickening of the heart. How he could bring terror and a lot of deep emotional feeling all within. So you didn't, it's not like you had to see a lot of like, like gory scenes or anything like that. An unredeemed dreariness of thought. I paused to think. What was it that so unnerved me in the house of Usher? It was a mystery, all insoluble. Twas brillig and the slithy toves did gyre and gimble in the wabe. All mimsy were the groves and the momrats outgrabe. Is there a book that you read either recently or when you were younger that changed your mind about something that had an effect on you? I guess like at the start of like my teenage years, uh, I started getting like really into music and stuff. And I always thought like, oh, these these artists, they kind of just like sing about this stuff, but that's not really what's going on in their lives. You know, they don't deal with like the the, the drugs and stuff like that. But then I read this uh, this book called Scar Tissue um, from Anth- by Anthony Caetus, who's the lead singer for Red Hot Chili Peppers. Mm-hmm. And it's like his autobiography. It's like really, he had a rough life, like really just like with his, with his dad and his parents and stuff like that, and like his drug addiction. It's like, oh man, that's that's real stuff. So I need to make sure I don't get into that. <laughs> I guess one of my favorite books um, is The Moon is a Harsh Mistress by Robert Heinlein. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know that as a, as a kid I was attracted to it because here was a computer that, that spoke, that had a personality. And, and the, just the idea of a, an intelligent machine was, was so attractive. And, you know, in that book are also other ideas that coming from a, a fairly white neighborhood, you know, mm-hmm. here were here were people speaking in a different dialect. You know, people who had were living together in, on the moon that had come from different parts of the earth, and you hmm. know, they were getting along, and you know they were trying to break away from the earth, and so sort of all this, you know, sort of a, a different world, really. My teacher in fifth grade read uh, Twice Pardoned to us, and it was about this guy who did drugs and stuff like that, and he ended up going to jail and screwing up his life because of it. And so, like, I really liked that book just because it, like, sent a good message. And, like, he was an ex-con talking to, like, teenagers about, like, not getting into that kind of stuff. In the middle of reading The God Delusion, Richard Dawkins' book. What sort of things does he write about? What sort of issues does he... Religions and the impact of religions in the world and um, religions conflicting with each other and those in balance with maybe uh, an atheism that is not advocating you know, anarchy in any way, but advocating, you know, looking at people's um, place in this world without having a religious overtone to sort of uh, guide that. Religions are conflict with each other, I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, I know. Every book in the Strongbow Saga. Strongbow Saga. What did you like about those? They're just really cool historical fiction about Vikings. Um, well, I guess that would ha- be how to win friends and influence people. Oh, tell me about that. (laughs) Well, it's pretty obvious when you think about it, but when you're young, you don't, that if you focus in on other people, (laughs) 
mm-hmm. then you do better than you, when you always think of yourself. Once when I was really afraid of airplanes, I read a nonfiction book about airplanes, and then, and then I thought there weren't that scary. Some, it's not something you should be scared of. I thought that airplanes like flip over on purpose. And then I read the book, and my dad became an airplane engineer. Mm-hmm. So then I thought, it's, if my dad's going to be fixing a plane, what should I worry about? What types of uh, things do you value about libraries, either now or when you were growing up? Uh, oh, I, um, I really enjoy libraries, actually. My family is full of librarians. My sister's a librarian, her husband's a librarian, my mother was a librarian for years. So for me, libraries are like, an essential part of society just because it offers so much to all walks of life. What's, uh, what's important to you about uh, being able to read and about literacy and just the important thing about libraries? Uh, literacy is just the cornerstone of everything. If you can't read, you can't read instructions. If you can't read instructions, you can't do math. You can't do science. You can't figure out anything. I mean, reading just seems to be key fundamental to most learning. It's the world beyond your home. So, you know, the library is still a safe place. I still think that the, the best part about the library is that your parents don't know what's in it. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you, what do you find is one of the most valuable things in a library? Well, it's, it's, library. Uh, it's the heart of the community. We want it to be that way. And... <laughs> That's great. You know, We've got some superstores around here. We've got a Walmart, we've got a Costco and that kind of thing, and people get excited about that. But the library is uh, really a place for neighbor to meet neighbor. It's very hard to imagine not being able to read. I mean, I can imagine that the handicap of that must be immense. And that, um, you know, knowing how to read is something that you take for granted, but it's also the vehicle that brings everything of interest to you. You know, to me, a library is a resource that's available to everyone so that you can, you know, you can come to the library and you have access to more books than you could possibly ever hope to purchase. You know, and, and with the libraries these days where you're able to, you know, borrow from not only the, the local library but from any library in the system, you know, I don't know how many millions of books they have, but there's, you know, you go in the catalog and there's always something available on you know what you want to explore, and so it's not having that resource would be like I don't know being in the wilderness almost to me. Final last words of how you feel about reading or books or the importance of libraries or... If someone took away the ability to read from me, oh God, I, I truly cannot imagine. So having KCLS as a... God, I am just uh, amazingly impressed 
by the whole KCLS system. Anything else you want to say about reading and why you like to read or why other people should like reading? I think other people should like reading because you shouldn't like just stand there in front of the TV all day after two hours or something like that. You mm -hmm. should be reading so your brain cells won't be killed. Brilliant. Um, anything that you want to add to the world at large? Words to live by or uh, regarding reading books, uh, literacy, anything like that? Come to the library and read. Yeah, learn how to read. <laughs> Make sure you maintain that ability. I mean, you'll be nothing without it. I mean, you'll be watching TV and you'll just be st stuck on whatever they have to tell you and that'll be it. You can't form your own ideas and you just kind of have to submit to that. But if you can read, then you'll be able to form your own ideas. Well, I think the libraries are, as much as they're used in King County, I think they're probably uh, underappreciated in many senses because of the vast resources that they do offer. Mm -hmm. And I think if more people would think to come to the library a little more often, they would find things that they, they would discover things that, you know, please them that they didn't expect to find. And um, I think they would find a lot more interest, you know, in their life around them if they would come. Any, anybody can come to the library, even if you haven't been in a really long time, even if you're really old, even if you're really young, even if you don't read. You can still come to the library. Um, there's so many ways to experience the world. You don't have to be bookish. I don't mind if you are. <laughs> Takes all types to make a world. Yes, <laughs> yes. And they're, you're, they're all welcome at the library. books and talking about books and people who love talking about books which equals librarians. We'd like to thank Jane Shoemate and her staff at the Covington Library as well as volunteers, the patrons, the readers, the community. Deborah Schneider of the King County Library System and Four Culture, thank you for the support. We couldn't have done this without you. If you have any thoughts or philosophies about reading or literature, maybe recommendations or ideas of what we might want to consider reading aloud that's in public domain, let us know. You can drop us a line at thsimple at gmail.com. For Theater Simple, Lisa Holland and Andrew Litsky did the interviews. Andrew edited, and I, I'm Lisa, narrated. Thanks as well to Rick Lorig, who made our vague hopes of an indoor installation that could set up fast in a library a reality. He totally rocks. Thanks as well to Chandra Cogburn for the music underscoring these podcasts. For more information about her work, check out ChandraCogburn.com. That's C-H-A-N-D-R-A-C-O-G-B-U-R-N.com. For more information about Theatre Simple or to catch other podcasts, go to theatresimple.org. That's T-H-E-A-T-E-R, simple, S-I-M-P-L-E, dot O-R-G. Or you can subscribe to Park Bench via iTunes. 
For Theater Simple, I'm Lisa Holland. Thanks for listening. Maybe we'll see you in the park bench someday.